Hello, Lauren Hill here, career coach for creatives. Today, we are going to talk about how to keep the momentum going when you feel like giving up. At one point or another in our lives, there will come a time where we feel like we need to make a change, whether in our personal lives or our professional ones. That thought will fester as we wrap our brains around what we need to do to actually make that change happen until we're spinning our wheels feeling like things aren't happening fast enough. But guess what? Thinking about why things aren't happening keeps you focused on what's lacking and perpetuates the feeling of being stuck. Your brain zeroes in on all the reasons things aren't working and literally looks for problems to prove itself right. Have you ever experienced this? And what was the result? Well, by continuing to obsess over the idea that things aren't happening as fast as you'd like them to, you'll never make any progress and might even give up. In January 2015, I made the decision I wanted to move to Los Angeles. At the time, I was working as a sales consultant in a fine art gallery in the Napa Valley and was ready for a big change. I started applying for jobs but felt like nothing was happening. I didn't get any interviews. But I felt this deep desire to be in LA and an inner knowing that there was more for me there. So I decided to look at what was in my control and stay focused on expanding my vision for my new life and career in Southern California. During the next six months, I went on a roller coaster of emotion. But every time my brain started telling me it wasn't ever going to happen, I would redirect it back to how it was happening and how I was creating it right now. I started researching galleries and cool creative businesses that I found interesting. I would call or email them and see who I could get in touch with to ask about job opportunities. I started planning solo trips to LA and set up in-person meetings with gallery directors, interior designers, and VPs of international creative companies. I took courageous action and got creative to show myself what was possible and what I was capable of, even though it still felt like nothing was happening. I tried to have a lot of fun, too. I made new friends, stayed in Airbnbs, went to cool new restaurants, and started getting familiar with the lay of the land and what neighborhoods I could see myself living in. Then one day in Napa at the art gallery I worked for, an opportunity to work in L.A. landed right in my lap. The sales director of Tashin Publishing came in to meet with our book buyer. She introduced herself to me and told me that she was filling in for the West Coast sales representative, since they currently didn't have one, and gave me her card. The rest is history. It was another two months before I started my new role at the Tashin offices in Hollywood, but the point is, I never let my brain take over to the point where I felt like I should give up. So if you're currently struggling with feeling impatient, frustrated by timing, and or paralyzed by fear about the future of your career, here's a tip to get you unstuck. Take a look at what is in your control and write down proof of what is working. Here are some questions to ask yourself to get started. One, how have you recently shown up for yourself? Two, what fears have you already stepped through? Three. Where have you been courageous? Four, what wins do you want to celebrate? Here's some examples from a recent journal entry taking a look at the last week in my life. I went to a spoken word event, met up with some girls from Facebook, 
I invested in myself by hiring help with my marketing, buying a detox kit, and paying for meditations. I reached out to multiple friends last week that I haven't talked to in months, and one of them signed up for my writing class. I showed up to a dinner that a client invited me to where I didn't know anyone else. My podcast interview is going live next week. I've been praying at night and in the morning to strengthen my spiritual connection with my higher power. I handed out flyers for my business at a local coffee shop. I had a pool day and got my nails done, fully stepping into some much-needed self-care. Wow, what else is possible? Writing out the proof really shifts the focus and helps you remember all the magic that is currently being created. It also gets the creative juices flowing, propelling you into action. And if you're looking for other helpful ways to propel you into action and out of stuckness, you can download my free Career Clarity Starter Kit. If you go directly to my website, curatedsplash.com, you can sign up to receive it for free. When you sign up, you'll receive access to my Career Values and Motivations Guide, my three easy steps to get clear on your career goals YouTube training, a meditation to help you connect with your purpose, and so much more. This free starter kit is perfect for you if you'd like to uncover what you deeply desire most in your career, get clear on the direction you want to go with your work and why, as well as connect with your life's purpose and make a plan to take action now. So you can go to www.curatedsplash.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-S-P-L-A-S-H dot com and sign up for my free career clarity starter kit now. Hope you enjoy. I think the first step is having your goal in mind of what you're trying to accomplish. If you're looking to attract gallery representation, physical gallery representation, that's probably going to look a little bit different than if you're trying to just sell your art online yourself or even through an online gallery. First, having some goals in mind for what you're trying to accomplish. And then once you have that in mind, no matter what, having at least a good, simple, clean website goes a long way. This is Art Is, a podcast for artists, where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries. My name is Alex Farkas, and I'm the founder and gallery director of ViewGallery.com. I grew up in a small arts town, it's 400 people up in the mountains. I mentioned my mom was an artist and had her little gallery space. So I grew up around artists and I saw the importance of the interactions they had. I remember being small and going to art get-togethers, shows that they had for each other, and also just being there. I'd go to my uncle's studio and other artists would stop by to ask questions, borrow tools, get a critique about something they were working on. So I grew up in a world of openness. There wasn't too much competition. I think everyone was trying to succeed and help each other. And so that's always been my perspective about art. Seems like a very solitary environment, mostly to be an artist. So it's good to have that kind of community support. And that's really what we've tried to foster. When we were first starting U Gallery, our whole goal was openness. We wanted to help artists get the support they needed, have a, a launch pad to get started, and also to connect people with art. In the early days, I think talking about our customer avatar, I think my first thought was as an early 20-something, I was starting this business to help people my age buy art and get their first start. 
And it turned out later on, most people when they're my age, at that point, graduating from school, they were more worried about getting a couch or dishes to eat off of. So we kind of learned that over the years, the natural evolution. The joke I've been told is that people typically start buying art after their last kid goes to college and before their first sports car. And that kind of plays true, I think, with our customers a little bit too. They're a bit older and a little more seasoned. So I think there is a certain pretense that does exist in the art world. But finding that most of these people who are interested in the art, they really just want to have connections, like we talked about emotional connections with the artists. And it didn't ever make sense to us to try and close that down. We wanted to find ways to help people connect with each other. And actually, I think a lot of the art world is that way. There is a certain reputation, obviously, about the traditional spaces being closed off. But I think there are a lot of mom and pop galleries out there that want to see artists succeed and they want to succeed themselves. So I believe in that. And I do think you're right. The last couple of years have been a game changer too, as technology has evolved and more people have had to turn online to connect. I think that's opened a new bridge for people to meet each other. I know even at Gallery, we've had artists over the years who live very far apart and we'll hear through side stories that they've become good friends through our Facebook group or any other form of social media where they say, oh, I saw your work on you Gallery where I also show my art and I just want to reach out and say I'm a fan. And then before you know it, they've got a friendship. Some of them have even gone to visit each other. I believe that the internet does open the doors to make more of those connections. And our goal is really to just keep fostering that on our side. And we'll keep speaking to it as well. So hopefully that helps with the people who are a little bit more closed off about it. That's so cool. I'm always interested to hear about how organic community is growing online. And I think especially with something that's been so purposefully designed to work online, that happening easier. I guess in the last few years, seeing so many exhibitions, like even exhibitions that I've been a part of, or like events transition from being designed to be in person to then being online, there was this weird mismatch where people were trying to pretend that we were in person instead of recognizing that, you know, we're on Zoom and this is just a CAD image that has a painting on the wall next to a chair. And I think it's cool that you guys don't try to do I think you guys are recognizing that it is an online space. There's restrictions there, but there's also really exciting new parts that make it more accessible and open and people can connect and build community from large distances. So I was wondering, how do you feel now as a 16-year-old online gallery looking at all of these weird hybrid recreations (laughs) of physical digital happening around you? And do you have any advice to share on whether or not to pursue that? Because I myself graduated in 2020 and my degree show exhibition, which I had been looking forward to for five years, went to a photo montage online and I make physical sculpture. So I really struggled with that. And now through my exploration of crypto and NFTs and like new excitement for Web3, I've realized that there's a whole new realm to explore. But at the time, that was not where I was at. And I was wondering if you had any expertise to share on that. I come from a pretty traditional place. It's funny, I've been running this online gallery for a long time, but I do believe there is a place for both the physical and the digital, but realizing what the limitations are of them both. It's really interesting to see new ideas come about and you never know what's going to take off. It's so hard to know what technology will be like in a couple years or 10 years. And so I'm supportive of seeing people try new things. And again, if it's in the name of 
reaching out to more people to expose them to art or give them a way to see art, then I'm all for that. And I think it's great. People are trying different ways to present art and wherever we can. It's great to see art in person. It's really sad to hear about your thesis show. I'm sure it would have been wonderful to have it in person, but who knows what opportunities will come about from the digital realm in the next couple of years for how people can view those things and just striking the balance. Again, I think humans are very similar as they've been for a long time, with thousands of years. You're from Italy. Things don't change that much. You see all these old ruins and it's still the same way we do things. I've been to Pompeii a couple of times and I'm always struck by how similar the city is to the city I live in today. There's this kind of enduring quality of what it means to be human. And we do the same things and like the same things, but there's also a good way to embrace technology too. And that stuff also becomes part of who we are over time as well. The opportunity to talk to more people and connect. I loved growing up in a small town and you would just stop and talk to people on the street. In fact, sometimes it's hard to get very far. If you want to go someplace, you got to find the fastest path. Otherwise, you're going to talk to every stranger on the street, all the people you know. But that's what the internet does too, right? And social media gives that opportunity for people to just stop and chat with each other and Especially with arts, it's great because you can get this feedback or guidance, like what we're talking about today. How do you apply to a physical gallery? How do you apply to an online gallery? What did you do here or there? And there's this huge network of people to share their interests and support. And I think that's wonderful. Speaking about social media more specifically for a moment, one of the recurring themes throughout my conversations with lots of creatives from all walks of life was recognizing the negative impact that social media can have as well on creativity, mostly because of the impetus to compare one's work to another's or how many followers someone has, how many likes, how many comments someone has engagement on their profile. And that kind of comparison and negative thinking can lead to this like scarcity mindset that there's only so many opportunities out there and everyone else seems to be succeeding except me. How do you feel that we can as creatives, artists, and art professionals alike, work towards deconstructing that really negative attitude and recognizing that there is so much abundance in the art world and that when more artists succeed, that means more artists will continue to succeed. I think that's such a human quality. It doesn't matter if it's art or business or anything else. We all have this tendency to want to compare ourselves. And certainly social media makes it really easy to do that. I think back to the same thing of focus with whatever you're doing, having focus and purpose for how you use social media too. It's true. There's things like likes and all of that, which that's more on the side of the social media business to get people addicted to it. But if you can be really focused on why you're using these platforms, then that's a good step in the right direction. And you telling me about your business, about being specifically focused on connecting artists, I think there's a huge opportunity for more niche spaces and social platforms. So people go to it for a specific reason. And then making connections and forming those communities. And like I mentioned, we had a Facebook group for you gallery artists. So that was a specific place to go that was gated. It was only artists who were on the site. And I think those kinds of tools make it a little bit easier to stay focused and not get caught up in the other aspects of it. Social media is so addictive. It's so easy to just scroll and look at things forever. But if you know what you're going there for, I think that makes it a huge difference. That's such a good way of putting it that just focus on the end goal or focus on what you're trying to say. Because I think for so many of us who've grown up with social media and grown up with sharing our personal life alongside our creative work and then maybe... Yeah 
diverging them into different accounts or whatever, it just gets so blurry and you're not really able to compartmentalize and recognize also when you have to be wearing like your business hat and be like, okay, this is part of my professional narrative and this is how I'm building my business because most artists are a business of one. It's hard to recognize when to wear which hat and how to stay focused. Yeah, I think for us too, it's taken us years as a company to understand how we should use social media as well to connect with people who's on social media, what's the story we're trying to tell, because it is so vast. And it's easy to get caught up in number of followers and who's paying attention. But yeah, once you have focus, and you know what your end goal is, I know it becomes a lot easier. And that setting a time limit, like you say, compartmentalize, saying, okay, I'm going to use this for an hour a week or something like that. It's really important to hold yourself accountable on that level, I think. Yeah, totally. So I was wondering, do you have any advice on how to present yourself as an emerging professional artist online? And I know that at least across Europe, graduations will be starting so soon, and there'll be many thousands of new graduate artists joining the ranks of people who are afraid of (laughs) presenting themselves online and unsure of how to proceed, especially because of the lack of honest and open conversations of how to build a professional practice in art school. Could you share some advice on really creating the professional image that you want to put forward? Or if you have any tips on what to share, what not to share? I think the first step is having your goal in mind of what you're trying to accomplish So if you're looking to attract gallery representation, physical gallery representation, that's probably going to look a little bit different than if you're trying to just sell your art online yourself or even through an online gallery. So first, having some goals in mind for what you're trying to accomplish. And then once you have that in mind, no matter what, having at least a good, simple, clean website goes a long way. I always suggest don't go overboard. White backgrounds, show your art on white backgrounds. Do the storytelling stuff that we've talked about in this conversation. So write an artist bio about yourself and an artist statement and get help. Ask other artist friends or read it or family and friends, see if it makes sense and if they're pulled in and understand it. And then lay out your work on the pages. I'd say divide things up by different series. Show as much of your work as you can with good pictures and include descriptions, right? A little bit about each piece you show, have good titles, that kind of stuff. That's the basis. Any gallery, online, physical gallery is going to look at your website. So having a good presentation start there. And then I say just reach out to people, start talking to them. One of the big things that we always make sure we do is talk with artists and You want to find galleries, physical and online, that are willing to chat with you, help you figure out, again, whatever your goal is, that they help you work towards that. And then being strategic about it, set aside time every week to work on your professional side of your business as well as the art you're making. And that's, as you said, artists are businesses of one, so you're holding all the hats and you just have to figure out how to say, okay, I'm going to make art this many hours a week. And I'm going to work on my marketing this many hours a week. And I'm going to work on my outreach this many hours a week. It's not easy, but really no business is. So it's just about figuring out what your goals and priorities are and working from there. Something that I always am really excited to ask guests who come on the podcast is what changes do you see happening in the art industry right now? What's coming and what can we look forward to? From my perspective, the art world does kind of move at a glacial pace. That's probably like most industries. 
from my perspective, what I'm excited about is how the online world is changing. I think we're starting to see more of a rise of what I've always hoped for, which is galleries that are super focused, curated galleries. There's plenty of marketplaces that exist already where everyone can show their art and they're vast. And it's hard for artists to get recognized. And it's just, it's a little bit of everything. So it's not really focused. And I believe that the internet will evolve into somewhat of how the physical gallery world operates, where you have galleries that represent a collection of artists where it's focused, whether it be on a particular style or medium. And then that gives clients who are shopping for art a little bit more focus of knowing where to go. The storytelling is better. There's more connection. And so that's what I think is happening. And I look forward to how that evolves over the next decade, because that'll just be a more interesting experience for the kind of clients we have who are looking to search for art online. And they want to have some curation, some focus around what they're looking at, and just gives more clarity to the artists, better opportunities for artists. And I think it's better for the businesses too. With more of a focus, I don't think they have to throw quite everything at the wall to see what sticks. And that's a hard way to do business. It's an expensive way to do business. Just out of curiosity, because I know you said that you're not that familiar with NFTs, but has any of that interested you? Personally, I'm not so interested in it from a sales or speculative position. I like the concept of blockchain as being another way for artists to authenticate their work. So I think that aspect of it is really interesting. In terms of selling them, for me, it strikes me as one of those things like the print business of a decade ago. When we first launched the company, there were a few big players that kind of rose to prominence in the limited edition print space. And it was this huge frenzy of get these prints, they're going to be worth a fortune. And people spent a lot of money on limited edition prints, prints of a hundred or a thousand or whatever. And then the more there were, the less they were worth. So that market fizzled out and they were great to just hang up on your wall and have art. I totally support that aspect of it, but I don't think they played out to being highly valuable for people. And so for me, when I see the NFT space, I think it's in terms of selling them, I think it's somewhat similar, which is there just becomes a lot more all the time, which makes them less valuable. But in terms of using it as a way to digital record of artwork, I think that's super cool. Provenance is fascinating. I loved studying art history and old art and how people can track where a painting went through the ages. So it's interesting to think about it from that perspective of how ownership can be marked that way. And just another evolution for how art will travel through private hands and galleries and then museums. And we can look back and see that record. I mean, I really like that aspect of the certificate of authenticity. In terms of the funding aspect, it's not something I really look that much into. It's not a thing our clients have asked about much. And so I don't think it really speaks to who our client Mary is about what she's doing in her art collecting, but maybe to this next younger generation, as you were mentioning, digital natives, this might be something that's more important to them. And I had a friend recently was telling me about how he's been figuring out how to display the NFT art he's been buying, and he was really excited about that. So I guess it probably just depends on your target client is and if it's something that they're interested in. Because again, who knows what the technology will be like in a few years. I don't really think paintings will change much. I think for millennia, we've had paintings and it'll continue that way. But with this next generation, maybe they'll have more digital screens when they display their art in their house, which is cool. 
please visit us at eValerie.com. You can go to eValerie.com slash apply if you're interested in exhibiting your work. And you can reach out to us if you have questions. If you email artist at eValerie.com, we can talk to you and answer your questions. Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Please leave Art Is, a podcast for artists, a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us. Also, I would love it if you took a moment to reflect on who in your life might also benefit from listening to this podcast. When you do, please share Art Is, a podcast for artists with them so we can continue to grow the show organically and brainstorm the future of the art world together. You can also support the work I do by subscribing wherever you listen and by donating to the podcast. The link to do so is in the episode description. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks so much, and see you next Wednesday.